Just a couple of guys, a couple microphones, and a heck of a lot of no. It's Football on the No with Jim and Joe. Well, they say it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Football on the No. I am Jim McFeen. Alongside of me is Mr. Joe DeCapita. What's going on, Ornals? Welcome back for another edition of Football on the No Show. Let's yeah, go. Nice. Let's talk some football. Listen, we got a great show for you guys. We got plenty to talk about. I know you're going to be surprised. We still managed to come up with stuff to talk about the NFL, unlike some of the other networks out there. They just can't get it together. Yeah, now they want to talk. I guess it was the Carr brothers that wanted to talk about brother duos now and yeah. ranking them all. You want to talk about <laughs> the Boses and the Watts and the, you know, the Diggs, right? And yeah. what else is there, though, after that? I'm like, okay, easy. That, that was, was done. It's done. <laughs> exactly. Who right? has the biggest shoe collection? That's what I want to know. You know, everybody, every NFL fan wants to know that. Yeah, next they're probably going to which corner would be a better wide receiver. You know what I mean? Let's switch switch what they're doing, see how it goes. It's crazy. It's crazy. If you guys have something like that in the comments, too, drop it down in the comments if you want to. We'll we'll be happy to talk about it if you guys want to discuss it. That's cool. Uh, But thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't yet, make sure you guys go to YouTube. uh, Hit the subscribe button, Football on the No Show. Hit the notification bell, let you know where we go live. And also, don't forget, uh, if you want to take us on the go, you can follow us on Spotify and on Apple and Google Podcasts, too, wherever you find your podcast. You can just listen to our great golden pipes. Right, Joe? Don't have to see the visualized, sure. right? Sounded pretty fluid. Yes. <laughs> nice. The golden pipes. All right. So I want to talk about goldenness. How about the guy who just got the extension here? And Derwin James gets the four-year extension worth $76.5 million, uh, mm-hmm. on an average $19.1 million per year joe hits the 29 million i think the first year um it's the it's the average it's the but you biggest, gotta though. what do you think about that still gotta wait and see how the how the contract is still broken down um yeah like you know initial reports you always go to like oh average per year it would be this but then when you actually see the contract and the details of it and be like ah, oh maybe not it's maybe not that bad you know so it might be backloaded or something like that right well the but thing is too it's when it's this, a guaranteed most guaranteed money per safety for safety and then also the biggest uh contract for a safety right now highest paid safety in the nfl or of all time highest paid all time all time uh so i think it's a little too rich i mean safeties typically don't make crazy amounts of money i mean and it's gonna and listen this is gonna hurt the chargers this isn't like it's a good thing they were able to come to a deal obviously like you can't let derwin james walk out your door or create a a a a, you know a, a problem amongst each other to where he wants out and wants to be traded so yes they lock him up they they lock down this deal they they're they're gonna keep him and rightfully so but Here's the other thing that could be seen as a negative is because you look at the contracts that they had with J.C. Jackson in free agency, making him the highest paid corner uh, in the league. And then all of a sudden they turn around and they're like, oh, well, we have another guy we got to work on. Well, our safety doing James needs a contract. Now we're going to make him the highest paid ever at that position. Mm -hmm. So when you start throwing big contracts like this around and them being a very young team, it's only going to become a – Big problem down the road because in a couple of years, you know, guys like Justin Herbert are going to be knocking on the door saying, hey, I I want a new deal. You know, I mean, he's going to command a ton of money because at the trajectory that he's going, he's just he's going to be he's tearing the league apart right now. So, I mean, you have that. 
You have also the, these other younger players that are going to be growing up. And listen, the other thing, too, is they, they just got another deal done uh, with their other wide receiver there, big man, mm-hmm. you know, Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, so these contracts, they've managed to give, you know, one decent size and then these two major big contracts, and that's just for three players. When, when it comes around where Herbert's going to need a new deal, Austin Eckler's going to need an extension, you know what I mean? Offensive lineman like Rashawn Slater, yes, he's still in his second year of his rookie deal, but when his co- contract comes up the next two to three years, he's going to need a new... So all of this money that you're throwing around right now, it's going to hurt you in the long run. So I just hope that going forward, the Chargers organization and front office are smart enough to know that the next couple of years are going to have to be careful with how they go about using their finances. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like this year, uh, uh, most, I guess, in a while, they're really looking at these contracts and not really uh, holding on to it so much. They're like, these guys, are as long as they show up, and, you know, even if he, like, he didn't participate in drills, but he showed up, uh, they were like, all right, we're willing to work with you. And then, then they gave it to him. There, it doesn't seem like there's so much tension between these guys uh, oh, this, not at all. this season. Um, like we've seen in the past with some other guys that want to get paid where, you know, they threaten they're going to hold out or whatever. Uh, it seems like especially <laughs> these secondary guys are really getting uh, their money. Uh, but, again, Derwin James, I think when he's on the field, he is uh, a big factor for them on, de- on defense. But that's the thing, though, when you bring up the fact that how often is he on the field? You know, last year still despite, you know, being uh, – Injured for his, uh, his, his early on in his career. Last year, despite all that, though, still, uh, he ranked top five in tackles, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, and forced fumbles. And he was uh, the only safety with 100-plus tackles, two or more sacks, and five more uh, tackles for loss. In fact, that's the only, the second time any safety in the league has ever reached those marks in the last four seasons. And the last one to do it was uh, Jamal Adams there in 2018. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, how often is he on the field? Like, he has a bad history of not being there. You know, he missed mm-hmm. two full years due to injury. And, yes, he's an impactful player when he's playing. But now that you've locked him up and now you've completely agreed to this big-time deal with, with him, you're married to him. So whether he is – maybe he gets injured a month later or a, a couple weeks later, not, maybe you don't even make it to the season. And now he's done for the year again. You still are paying that man his guaranteed money, and 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 you ha- and you're on the hook with that big contract. So, I mean, if he was mostly, if he if he was most of the time healthy and was always around, and yeah, okay, maybe he missed a game here or a game there. Okay, fine. But this has got to be a little bit of a concern too, because now you've raised the market in the safety department, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for a guy who has been kind of banged up and injured and, and out of the lineup quite often. So now with the next guy that steps in line, uh, like Simmons from Cincinnati or, or from the Broncos, all, mm-hmm. all these safeties now are going to command more money than that. They want to be paid all-time mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. you know. So this is also going to create a little bit of a problem for other teams. Right, we've got a couple guys in the house. We've got Jeremy Clute in the house with us tonight. And uh, Paul Maddie's in the house with us tonight as well. What's going on, Jeremy and Paul? Uh, he says, greetings from Playa Linda Beach, Florida, gentlemen. Absolutely. Greetings <laughs> on the sunny f- state of Florida. Uh, I don't think Derwin James has proven himself enough to get uh, that kind of money, says Jeremy. Two seasons just isn't enough. Right. 
And, and that's, the thing. that's it's, it. It's about longevity. Know? It's about what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. You know, you hear that term often, quite often. So, And the guy uh, you think of that he just eclipsed was Minka Fitzpatrick, which I mm -hmm. think has been healthy, has been all over the field. And really, even when he would play with Miami was good. But then even on that trade to when he went to uh, Pittsburgh has been outstanding for Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Silence. Drop the mic. That was a drop the mic moment, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just waiting to get going yes. here. Excellent. All right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, so there you go. He he gets the deal done there. Uh, I think I think most of the consensus uh, says that it's a little bit too much. But again, I've seen these owners just kind of uh, and these teams just kind of just whatever, just make the deal, get it done, and maybe they'll just figure it out, restructure along the way. Maybe they have a game plan for for Justin Herbert down the road. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. they'll be in trouble. <laughs> but, but we'll see. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, again, thanks so much uh, for joining us here tonight. Um, Joe ended up finding uh, an interesting article uh, looking around at, at some things. And we like what we, we like to do, too, is trying to do some different things along the way from what your traditional headlines are going on. Like everybody's talking about now, it's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's upset with, you know, saying that the, the receivers are dropping passes and blah, 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 and, you know, this the crap. Oh, it's here what the receivers have to say about that now. No, we don't need to do any of that. Well, so, the funny thing is about Aaron Rodgers, he's been complaining about the receivers. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's been like, complaining about that, but now they want to hear their reaction. They're like, well, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers complaining about <laughs> Doesn't you? Doesn't matter. Like, really, dude? It's like, we don't want to hear this. Like, he said, she said crap. I mean, it's stupid. But uh, Joe found a good article, like, Joe. They, and, better, uh, they better step up. Yeah, yeah. And well, what's that? What was that about here, Joe? What we got here? Oh, so the, there was an article that stated something about like, uh, you know, new new ideas for like new like scheduling ideas for the NFL for the upcoming season or maybe even beyond. Um, and a couple of them were interesting. A few of them, it's like that's not going to fly, and we're going to tell you why because the first one on the list is Tuesday night games. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, absolutely, let's do it. Every football fan would say that. But there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, Tuesday night makes a lot of sense because, yeah, we have Monday night. Why not extend, it a little, extend the weekend a little bit more into Tuesday nights? Uh, so we have some Tuesday night football. But the re main reason is because it would be great for the NFL to have Friday night games or Saturday night games. But the NFL can't do that until the month of December due to conflict with the college football games that happen on Friday nights and Saturday nights and so forth. So instead of being limited by that, Tuesday nights is wide open. So why we all know that it's going to end up being make it a short week, but it would be a good idea, you know, to, to actually extend it. So like, you know how the NFL schedulers out there, they if you play Thursday night football, right? Obviously, you're not going to play Sunday. You know what I mean? And then you, you, it goes into the following week. So they try to extend it. So the same thing could be done here. So like if you play on Tuesday night, you don't have to play until either Monday night or Sunday night. You know what I mean? To kind mm -hmm. of give that little bit of extension uh, so that you can try to at least get, uh, you know, repaired physically and ready for the yeah, next game. Yeah, I think I know what you're saying here. What do you guys think about there in the comments about any of these when we bring them up too? Let us know. Uh, Tuesdays, again, it's getting too crazy. Because again, wh wh what are you going to do when you offset another set of these teams where they end up playing on a Tuesday? It's drawing closer to that weekend. So what, you still maybe then play Sunday night still? I mean, you're yeah. still, you're, you're shortening up your recovery time, like you said. And for a league that's telling you right now that mm -hmm. apparently they care about your 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 health no, and everything and stuff no, like don't. that. It seems like despite the, the the what the players have done to make progress to help ensure that they're going to stay healthier, the team or the 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 league 
year after year creates new opportunities to make money uh, at the expense of players getting injured easily. You yeah, know what I mean? mean? And yeah, that's, the, definitely. that's the difference in what they did. They've added the other week without an extra bye week. Without like I said, if you wanted week. to add yeah. another week, I said give them yeah. another bye week. That's an easy, even trade-off. Yep. You know, you get that extra rest week, and you get to play another game. You still make your money on selling those tickets. Yeah, the NFL um, gets their extra week of revenue. Yep, and revenue. And, and it all and it, right. and it favors and everybody. Tuesday again, I mean, I think that's just insane. I think it could be done. I mean, I, 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 I do think it could be done. And here's the other thing, too, is um, – Obviously, as a football fan, like, of course, you would want to see more games. But the thing is, is that's why you don't see Saturday games or Saturday night games until the month of December. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to kind of get around that until you reach December uh, and then maybe you schedule it, you know, as, mm-hmm. as Saturday mm-hmm. games. All right, we've got somebody on Facebook here. For some reason, it's not saying fa- uh, the, your name, we so I'm sorry. It says Facebook are. user, so if you could, <laughs> just let us know your name quick unless we check Facebook quick. But uh you're here, we see, and it increases uh, increased supply. You'll decrease demand. Thank you, Facebook and user. And it says, uh, no, thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, but with the NFL, does that really the, the case, though? And then that's the thing we've already kind of learned, I think, with the NFL. Oh, it's John. That really doesn't matter. Oh, it's John, John Turner. welcome there to the go. show, buddy. There you go. See, what it is is maybe uh, Zuckerberg has got his number again, you know? There you go. Uh, now they're not allowing me to see his even name. You know, they made them the John. name was he's he's it's, now uh he's the double you know, agent. Well, no, it's like when now he's uh inmate one one zero seven two or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because he's been in uh, Facebook jail so many times. But uh, John, pleasure having you with us here tonight. Um, all right, Joe, what do you, what's another idea that they they posted on here? Some of them are a little crazy, uh, but but you know it, it's something to think about. Another one is regular Monday night doubleheaders. This yeah, can, we're going to have the most I this mean, year so this far. Can, this can mm-hmm. work, too. I mean, because you, now you're getting two games out of the way, both on Monday night football, which can be arranged. We've seen them do it multiple times already, uh, and, and that's an easy um, an easy, an easy, easy one to put on the table. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or I think a lot of people could get behind it for different reasons. Um, it's attainable, absolutely, and I think it makes sense. I mean, if that's the r- route that they wanted to go, I don't think it hurts anybody. I, th- I think it, you know, at the very least, we you know always want more football, uh, and I think that would be welcomed by a lot of people. Right. I mean, the only one downfall for me again is us. Uh, I guess on the East Coast, you know, some of these games get started, and then um, you know what times they are. They're kind of offset, so I mean, you you miss a little bit to finally view another one, but. I think it all together works out. I mean, they do double headers all the time in baseball. They're doing it a few times this season. Uh, so you see a couple of Monday nights with, with uh, different uh, double headers this year. And I think it's good enough for me. And again, you're not adding that extra day. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it works. And just like, that's the thing too, is like, I understand like what they're trying to do. They're trying to expand mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. exposure that you're going to get or be able to watch more games in certain weekdays. Um, but we the, the, we got to think about this too. You have Thursday night games, you have Monday night games, and then in the month of December, that's kind of when they can expand the, the scheduling a little bit more. That's when you start to see more Saturday nights, Saturday games, yeah. and everything. So, with it all being said and done, I mean Tuesday night is kind of pushing it, mm-hmm. like you like you mm-hmm. were kind of alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still doable. Mm-hmm. So I mean. It, the NFL, you know, would be on board because, oh, an extra day of 
of money to come in. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. For for TV uh, rights. John says Monday Night Football doubleheader would be asking Disney to pay double price since they have the exclusive Monday Night Football deal. That's right, Disney. Pay up. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Pay your fair share, That's right, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we hear all the time. I love it. Disney, now you pay your fair share. That's it. How about that? <laughs> Next, we have another topic here. Uh, a 19-week season. And now with more bye mm -hmm. with more bye weeks. So mm -hmm. it, when you go into, this is the kind of argument that me and Jim had mm -hmm. last time when they were talking about extending the season by an extra week. And mm -hmm. we're like, okay, we can be down with it. Just like we, we, we basically said it earlier in the show is have two bye weeks and you can have your seventh, you know, your 17th week and it, nothing changes. Really? The, the NFL still gets a week more revenue, mm -hmm. you know, d with TV rights and, and sales and all that. And, the team still still don't play any more weeks than they already have from the previous season. So it seems to work both ways, but they didn't do that. Now, this new this new idea is to have a 19-week season with more bye weeks. So like our other idea with 17 bye weeks to have two bye weeks or seven or 17 games to have two bye weeks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're asking for a 19-week season now. Now you're adding two more extra weeks on top of the week that was added last year. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, oh, we can still have more bye weeks. Okay, but here's the problem with this idea. Is we've already seen a countless number of injuries. I mean, just ascending through the roof. And it seems like every single year, more and more guys are getting injured. More guys are getting, you know... Getting so so hurt that they're out for the season before it even starts, and it seems like we're on a trajectory where it, it's not going to stop. And there's so many injuries to the point where your team and a bunch of teams throughout the league are going to be hurt going into the week or, or into the season or even halfway through the year. You're decimated by injuries already. There's been it's been uh, we've been going down a bad pathway. And no one seems to understand the reason why. So now you're adding another two weeks on top of the 17 weeks. That's a problem because why? You might not have a team by the 19th week. And that doesn't even count playoffs if you make playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and if, if you look at some of those games, though, too, do you then see some of these teams that might have clinched early resting their guys a few more you know, times, a few more games than you see oh, some of the backups three weeks in those ahead. ones? Absolutely. If you're locked in the playoffs... Mm -hmm. If I'm a coach, yeah, okay, I might lose a seed or yeah. two, but I'm going to rest my guys because who knows those next three games, mm -hmm. your quarterback is done, right? For, you know what I mean? Or or uh, your number one receiver is done for the rest of the season, or, or somebody that's really important to your organization, mm -hmm. or even a bunch of guys. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be two or three of them that get injured in that game, and they're they're not they're not injured like long term, yeah. but just enough to miss the playoffs. That could a bunch of different things. I mean, if you see some of these fantasy owners too, or fantasy football again having their you know championship game even a week prior now to the last week because they're yep. afraid of that type of issue of uh, the them. starters yeah. not being there, so it affects their team there. But then. And also, if you look at the league again, which they've already kind of expanded the playoffs so far here, and John Turner, I think, has brought up this fact that he thought that um, the Super Bowl would then turn into President's Day weekend uh, and push back just another week or so and keep moving forward. So then you would even perhaps, well, at least state people would have the President's Day <laughs> off too as well right after the NFL uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So then that would play into that whole, make it a whole weekend party uh, type of deal. So 
I mean, that could be effective there too. But I mean, overall, I think it's that's that's a decent idea as long as you're adding the the extra bye week. Uh, I think it's and, a terrible I think it's idea. Something, I think it's something that they're going to definitely look into, and, and, and it could possibly happen. Uh, I, he says also, you think fantasy football players would be happy with a second bye? Uh, they'd protest on Roger Goodell's uh, front lawn. See, and then we just brought that up. So, I, I think the the biggest problem with that is not. We don't want the season to be so long to where, like I was saying, you're already getting you know catastrophic amount of injuries. If we're pushing it that much farther, that just means more more opportunities to be injured before your your playoff teams or or maybe a team that sneaks in is kind of limping into the playoffs, and you're not going to have a good product for the postseason. Right, and that's or a even, problem. Yeah, like he's talking about when you have your fantasy team, you you kind of that. well sometimes you you again no you look at your your bye weeks that you have, you're like well these are my main starters. If I have to put him in or miss him this week, I'll just plug this guy in real quick. But all of a sudden, if you have to plan for like a two week type of deal down this uh, week here, mm-hmm. or then further down on this one. Yeah. Um, it's a little more negotiating and, and things like that, where you you might lose them a, a few more times now. So I mean, it's, it's a more it. jumbling. It's uh, part of it. It is, and that's why I don't play fantasy football it's anymore. It's too cake, frustrating. Too. I don't need this crap. Yeah. I don't need any more frustration in my life. It's not Joe. frustrating. I'm at already all. frustrated about world the world right now, so I don't need fantasy football on top of it. Eh, no big deal. <laughs> Overblown. <laughs> next next topic we got, got a Super Sunday uh, slate. What does that that's mean? That's it. What That's what this is what it means. Mean? So you know you got the Sunday slate on Sundays. That means all the games that you're going to see that day. So they start at one o'clock. You got a game at four thirty or so. Then you have a, a night game. That's your slate for Sunday. They're talking about having a Super Sunday slate. Now this is absolutely cr- asinine idea. So by not the on way. Super Bowl day. So no, 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 no. This is all on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But they're saying more international games, so you can have a game at nine thirty a.m. You know what I mean? If okay. you're on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, you'd have the 930 game. Then it goes yeah. into the 1 o'clock game, which goes into the 430 game, which goes into the night game. Uh-huh. So you have more games throughout the day. It's football literally all, all, day. Day, long all day long and into the night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what they're saying. But, like, here's the problem is, to be honest with you, football, you don't – you got to stop pushing these teams and making them go across seas when we all know that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They don't want to. It's a it's a it's a whole big ordeal wow. for an organization to not only plan all this, but also the owners got to pay pay all that money to to send everybody over there with their equipment. They have to have a certain spot where they can practice and everything all week leading up to the game. And and some of them do it differently. Some of them wait till midweek like during the season. Not even like playoffs. They're talking about that just during the season have a day like that. that well, they no, because you're not getting the playoffs. You're not going to have them overseas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say but, that would affect that. But a the, lot, but. but the thing is, is that's a problem. Like the the players are already upset at even going traveling that far mm-hmm. to play one game, and you got to come right back. And, and and not to mention it affects certain teams. So if you're a team on the West Coast and you got to travel across. The U.S. plus across the pond to get to where you need to go. I mean, you got a lot of jet lag going on, mm-hmm. and you're and you're one of those teams. Other than like an East Coast team, we're like, okay, yeah, it's a it's a long, it's ten hours or so. Mm-hmm. It's a long journey, but still, you might not be as exhausted as these other other teams that are coming from the West mm-hmm. Coast, mm-hmm. and and it, it affects the game. We've mm-hmm. seen sloppy European games where it was like. Wow, that looks like they never got off the, the airplane. 
They, they, they look like they're still sleeping out there. Maybe they're that's why they send the Jaguars the all the time, So because you can't really tell the difference when they play. You know, They're always sloppy. I mean, they're still – yeah, right? Yeah. They're still tired, but it's like it, – I understand, like, fans over there, they they do like – they yeah, love yeah, our yeah. sport they and everything, they're, they're and they, they want to see yeah. it. But it's like, it's not like is it really – it's not the premier – you know, premier performance that you want to put on the football field mm-hmm. all the time. So mm-hmm. it's definitely got to take an effect. Yeah, I, I yeah, disagree with yeah, the yeah. the idea. I think it's I don't like it either it just because even too much. for me even too, I can't exactly on my schedule just get up and watch it all day long and, and pay attention to it, you know, for me. I need to be able to set my schedule aside and be able to watch it when I can. Yeah, so, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the next topic that they had is expanding the international series into non-NFL cities. So like you wouldn't have it at these big city venues anymore. You, they would they wanted to go to the uh, different different places altogether. So instead of going to Germany, they want you to go you know I don't know to uh, uh, Singapore or something. I don't know. Like you know what I mean? Like they want you to go somewhere where it's not like a big time major city. Which I understand if you're trying to expand, you're trying to spread and, and get more fans and everything. But there's a problem with that. If it's not a big NFL city, nine times out of ten, they don't have big enough venues to hold, uh, a, you know, a crowd and to hold two professional NFL football mm-hmm. teams and all their equipment and their staff. And it's I don't think it would work. I think the NFL would be way it would be too big for some. Uh, John you says know, the Rams NFL will play in Sydney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too much traveling. Way too much. Uh, it's for them. They can just uh, go that way, though. They just go from the Pacific to the Pacific that way. So uh, maybe they'll do a Japan game too. How about that? You know, just uh, jump, terrible, no, hop across. Never. Who knows? You know, <laughs> Chargers will play anywhere. You know, maybe they'll just you know become the Sydney team altogether, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't see it happening. It's it's a terrible idea. All right, I so know. is that all of them? And then we have an annual Christmas slate. Now, what is that? Just again, just a, like a, a game double header every for sing- Christmas. No, every a single game, game, a game every single Christmas, okay. which uh, I disagree with. Why? What do you think about that? Because it's a holiday for Rams a lot are of people. Splitting Japan and Sydney. There you go. And uh, four different German cities to host games. There you go. Yeah, I was thinking Germany too. Yeah, the, Ger- the German games. That's yeah, right. I, I still disagree um, with it. <laughs> but Mike uh, Tackett would be all over that, huh? Mike Tackett would be all over that. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. So it's Christmas games. Christmas games. I like it. Why don't you like it? I don't like it because it's a time to be with your family. Oh, I and there's that. a lot of people that do. I mean, a ton of people, especially Americans. There's a lot of Americans, not all, but a lot of Americans do, you know, celebrate it. And it's, it's an important time, you know, of the, of the year where a lot of families get together and stuff like that. And it, it's a religious holiday. So I feel like forcing players that that maybe suit you know maybe they're mm-hmm. super religious and and you know disgruntled because they're gonna have to go and play some you know christmas day or whatever i mean i don't know like i, I just think it, it instead, shouldn't be making shit. people you know you know forcing them to to play on a holiday like a, yeah, a yeah. religious holiday you. yeah because the one thing is like you know thanksgiving when some of them do and stuff but they give them the old turkey to eat yeah. dinner and stuff like that which is even kind of fine i guess and some people find it cool uh, but i'm sure some of the players don't you know what i mean yeah, sure a lot uh, of them when don't. they have to do and be away from their families uh the nba uh jeremy clute says uh holds games on christmas everyone is home and would be uh great ratings not everyone's well, that, home well, that's though what i mean well Everyone, not everyone is home. That's right. Yeah, yeah there's always a, a team visiting. visiting. Well, well, not even the teams. I'm saying everyone 
that's viewing. I think he's looking at it as a as a fan, uh, and not everyone is homestead too because they're visiting family or whatever and stuff. Yeah, but no. I think what he gets, you know, again, that's what they're maybe trying to do. Everybody's home chilling with their family, possibly, or out chilling with their family. You got the TV on. Check out. There you go. There's a TV on in a home. Yeah, and uh, watching watching the game. That's why I kind of looked at it. I'm like, that would be interesting. That'd be fun to do. Um, yeah, but I'm but, thinking as a player. Yeah, no, as a player, I can, as, I can hear as that as too. Again, maybe that would be something that's worked into um, the CBA when it Doubt moves it. forward or something <laughs> like that. Like they might get some other incentive or who knows. But well, those are just a couple of different ideas. Uh, uh, some of them I think are pretty cool. Some of them again a little uh, extreme. I think a lot and, of them are uh, ridiculous. And, and uh, most of out them out of the ordinary. I, I like a couple of them, but after mm-hmm. all that, it, it doesn't make sense. All right, definitely. All right, but what's not out of the ordinary? It's uh. It's the great job that our friends at Paul Perry Kitchens does, Joe. Uh, one of the sponsors coming back from last season. They're back, Joe. They're back again. And let me tell you, Paul Perry Kitchens is your local company specializing in kitchen design, cabinetry, countertops, renovations. And now they have a new location which offers custom closets and glass doors. Both are located in Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, Glenville, New York. PPK prides itself in above and beyond customer satisfaction. It makes it their obligation to make sure that the entire process from start to finish is enjoyable and hassle-free. From the first meeting to the final review, Paul Perry Kitchens Associates would be there every step of the way, guiding you to make the right decisions so that your next kitchen, bathroom, or closet is a reflection of you. Check them out at paulperrykitchens.com or call them at 518-688-0898. Nine eight Joe. That's right. Paul Perry Kitchens. Excited to have them back with us, um, and we also have some other uh, exciting sponsorships coming on the later on this this month yep. before the season starts, Joe. Uh, but a lot of news. A lot of news. I can't wait. Can't wait to get out there and do some live shows with everybody too. How about that, Joe? Yeah. All right. So next up, uh, we've got. Um, we're bringing back an old segment that we haven't done in a while, and uh, it's around fantasy time too. So uh, we're kicking back into this. Uh, there's not a whole lot of them, you know, but uh, we're going to do some keep or sweep fantasy rookies here. So there we go. We're going to be sweeping it away. Uh, let's take a look at the list. Uh, these are all the rookies here that we think, you know, are the top offensive ones here that may have a chance to sneak into your the, fantasy lineups. It's a the possibility. The difference with this list, though, is unlike any other um, rookies that, we, that were drafted mm-hmm. years prior, this is the first year where the majority were defensive players. So we yeah, had to right? take we had to take from not only the first round, which mm-hmm. was only six receivers drafted and Kenny Pickett, the quarterback. Right. So we took first and second round just to kind of give us a little bit of a list. Otherwise, yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. to be done real quick with seven. Right. <laughs> a lot of defense have been taken, especially even early on too, Joe. Uh, so again, looking at these guys, uh, who will creep into your, your fantasy team. Uh, so there we go. We're going to play a little uh, keeper sweep here. Let's take a look at the first one here. Atlanta Falcons, uh, Drake London here, wide receiver. Um, they needed one, especially with what's going on with Calvin Ridley, you know, went on a hiatus and stuff and then had that gambling issue uh, to where they really relied uh, heavily on Corral Patterson, had a revival of his career there for Atlanta. Uh, so what do you think about Drake London possibly sneaking into some of these people's uh Maybe a sleeper pick. Well, the other thing, too, is Patterson's not even a receiver there. Yeah, he's a I know, right? Back. Yeah, I know. Uh, so he had a little <laughs> change of position, and uh, uh, he's kind of flourished there, mm-hmm. and, you know, as such. So uh, going to, tr- to Drake London here, this is a, a rookie coming out. He was heavily seen as a first-round draft pick, a guy with a lot of potential. Needed to work on a few things. But if I'm being completely honest, this is going to be a team that 
was already in desperate need of this position. So Drake London is going to definitely be the starter there because they don't have anybody else besides Kyle Pitts at tight end slash receiver. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because they have a new quarterback. Matt Ryan's no longer there. Mm -hmm. Now they have Marcus Mariota, who they signed in free agency, who has already been officially labeled as a starter going into the season. And Desmond Ritter, the rookie that they drafted, they have high hopes for him. They really like what they see, but they say he's just not quite ready yet. So Drake London, for me, is a keeper because he is going to be a starter. So he is going to be is going to have definitely fantasy relevance right off uh, the start from week one. All right, all right. Let's take a look at the list again. New York Jets, Garrett Wilson. Again, they were in dire need of a wide receiver, too, as well. Uh, Great first round draft. It even draft all together for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're looking really excited about this uh, next coming year and really dodged a bullet with uh, Zach Wilson on that injury, possibly, too. You know, everybody looked at it possibly a torn ACL, but then now we know it's just a bone bruise and a. And a, and a meniscus. But. Yeah, a lot of people were scared because uh, he got carted off the Again, field. And it was got, a non-contact injury, you know what I mean? Yeah, because so. what, usually what happens is when a player gets carted off, mm-hmm. it's deemed as pretty serious. You know what right. I mean? You don't get carted off just because you pull a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, going with Garrett Wilson now, yeah, they needed some help in that area, and they go and they get one of the best, in my opinion, if not the best coming out in the draft, and Garrett Wilson, who mm-hmm. does everything extremely well. So, as long as he can get the playbook down, I, I feel like he's going to be a difference maker for them. He's not going to be elite right away. He's not going to be like on the upper echelon of, of wide receivers his rookie year. But he's going to be impactful at times, and I think it's going to show uh, you know, every so often. So for Garrett Wilson, to me, he's going to be a starter. He's going to be a keeper for me uh, because whenever you get a starting caliber type of player at any given position in fantasy, you got to go get them. Uh, so he has a lot of untapped potential, much like Drake London. And with the current scenario, we, we've heard that Zach Wilson is coming back between two to four weeks. That is a sigh of relief for Jet fans and uh, fantasy owners out there. All right. That sounds good. All right. Next, uh, we got the or- uh, New Orleans Saints, and they went ahead and got Chris Olave and a team where uh, last year, I think they were with the injury to Michael Thomas. We were kind of struggling to see who might be the, like that guy, that main wide receiver for them, and it just wasn't there. You know, it was Callaway at times. It was a different performer, like kind of every year and uh, or every week. And now Jameis Winston, we're still even trying to figure out is if he is going to be their true uh, starter moving forward for them. At least not just starter, but is he their franchise guy that they can hang with for a while? I mean correcting mistakes that he had made back when he was with uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, and he looked pretty good when he was out there last year. So can he be effective as a quarterback for these wide receivers and give any of these guys even, uh, you know, that kind of value like a Chris Olave? And that's the thing with Jimmy Swenson. Like, most likely he is going to be deemed the starter. He's been there the longest. He has the most chemistry with everybody. And he's going to – he's already know he already knows kind of what they're going to do on offense. So Andy Dalton up to this point has been – learning the playbook, and I think that Winston might be just an edge ahead of him, so he might end up taking that job. But with Chris Olave coming in as a rookie, a, a team that was in, in dire, dire straits of, of needing a wide receiver, they lost Michael Thomas last season. He's back healthy now, so that's going to bolster that receiving core. And on top of it, they grabbed the speedster, Chris Olave from Ohio State. Uh, this is something exciting for Saints fans because now they get Thomas back. They get Chris Olave, who was uh, deemed as one of the better receivers to take in the draft. And they've already seen flashes already at camp of Chris Olave just 
hitting the gas pedal and flying by everybody and catching these bombs in for uh, in the end zone. So a lot of excitement in, in Saints camp behind Chris Olave. So I, you know, he's going to be starting. There's no reason why not to think that he's shown flashes. So for me, he's definitely a keeper in fantasy. But just like all these other rookies, he's another potential, potential type of guy league. that you might have mm-hmm. that you might want to take mm-hmm. not so early because yeah, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that the the tendency for a lot of fantasy owners is they get excited and they're like I love this kid I want him and they end up taking him in the third round or something or second round a little bit too early for them because you really don't know what you're getting uh, in in terms of a player on the football field. Uh, John Turner says C.J. Stroud is going to the Saints next year, re- reuniting with Olave. And then he says, my sleeper for the year, Ray's Energy. Their new flavor, South Beach, is fire. Actually, uh, <laughs> South Beach is an older flavor. They've had that yeah. for a while. Uh, but it is pretty good. Appreciate and there it. there you go. If you little... haven't yet, go to repsports.com, Ray's Energy. Hit the promo code or type in the promo code. Raise them up, R-A-Z-E-M-U-P. That is our specific promo code. That could save you some cash next time you get some South Beach there, John Turner. Yeah, uh, you save 15% off there, buddy. Yeah, there you go. I am drinking the, the, what is it, the berries and cream. This is a newer flavor. That's a new, that's a eh, semi. It's semi new. Like it's still, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, early, like, well, because there's, they, they come out a year. Yeah. And that's the thing is they come out mm-hmm. with a lot of different flavors mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I saw a new one. I went on the website recently just to kind of browse and, and see what else they got. Uh, they had one that was like a, a like an iced tea one. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. I was like, ooh, that mm-hmm. sounds good. Mm-hmm. But this, this, this Ray's company, they're absolutely amazing. Uh, it's one of the healthier energy drinks that you can that you can drink. No dyes. It's got mm-hmm. electrolytes, amino mm-hmm. acids, all kinds of great stuff for you, and keeps you energetic mm-hmm. uh, without the crash. So, uh, no BS. This stuff Absolutely. is legit. Thank you. Thank you for that extra plug there, uh, John Turner. We appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, next up, well, who we got here? We've got uh, uh, the Detroit Lions and uh, Jameson Williams here again, who's uh, in the draft. His stock kind of fell a little bit due to injury and stuff, but look at the Detroit Lions. Go ahead and snag him up, and now we, we're looking at that Lions team, especially now we get to see him through hard knocks. In a different light, we love their head coach and the energy that they're bringing, uh, and you, you've got you know the quarterback there too, too so – uh, he would love a lot of weapons there for him, you know, because they didn't have so many last year. Well, the offense is looking really good. Uh, the, the the problem is that their defense is kind of lacking still. Like, they've had a good draft this past draft. They got a lot of defensive help, but they're still not there yet. So, offensive side, it looks like they're more ready to take on teams, but defense is still going to be a little bit lacking. Uh, so, you got to take that into consideration. Jamison Williams, I think, was if he was healthy, I'll put it this way, if he was 100% healthy coming into this draft, he was going to be my number one receiver, hands down. The guy has everything you need in a receiver, much like Garrett Wilson, but he's a little faster than Garrett. So um, I think the world of Jameis Williams, but the problem is is when he he's not, he may or may not even be ready for week one. They've, they've already kind of undecided on when exactly he's going to be coming back and playing. So... I would take this like, I would say this way. I To me, he would be a keeper, and not to sweep him away, but I would really try to push and hold out as long as I can to take him in the late rounds. You know, when you're like the last four or five rounds and maybe pull the trigger on him then. When you're, when you're drafting depth. And, well, you get and value if you, pick maybe later you, on. And like, if you mm-hmm. really like him, take him in the later rounds, mm-hmm. last four or five rounds, and – 
that way you can kind of stash mm -hmm. him on your bench, and then when he comes back and he's ready and he's playing, you can kind of assess to see where he is, and if he's making an impact, then you can put him in your lineup. All right, there you go. Now we've got the Washington Commanders. I actually got it right this time. All right, the Jah Good job, Jahan Dotson here, wide receiver for them. Uh, but that's kind of a loaded wide receiver uh, core right there. So what do you think about this guy here by uh, cracking somebody's fantasy Jahan team? Dotson has been doing great in camp, and he's been kind of really impressing coaches with his route running ability. Uh, the one knock on him coming out of college was that he didn't have as consistent hands at times. Like, yes, he has good hands, but it seems like you see you seem to see him in college make all these difficult catches with no problem. But then it was like a lot of the easy ones where he was more wide open. It seemed like he, he would drop those maybe lack of focus or whatever. But uh, he's going to correct that, I feel like, in the NFL. So with, with better coaching, with him to, to kind of concentrate nothing, don't have to worry about school anymore, just concentrate on football, I think he's going to make him a better player. And I think he's going to be inserted into the starting lineup on week one. I think he's done enough in camp to show the the – the, the commanders that he is ready to go and he wants to prove himself has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So I like Jahan Dotson. I liked him out of college and I, I'm going to keep him as well. I think, but, but all, you also got to remember that because these guys are rookies, they're not proven. Right, we don't right. know how good mm -hmm. or how bad they're going to end up being. So try to, you know, kind of tamper expectations when you go into your draft. Right, right. And that's when we bring up these keep and sweep uh, fannies, fantasies, they see their fantasy rookies. So again, the rookies, some of them you can maybe bank on, again, depending on uh, quarterback or even uh, position, uh, you know, or even the wide receiving group that's there. Are they going to be able to even see the field as much? Uh, you know, who's throwing to them? Things like that. How effective will they be? Um, so, again, you got to kind of gauge it with way, the way you're planning out your team with your draft altogether. And if they're there later rounds, again, you've got your depth, you, you've got spots, you know, uh, you know, in your bench, throw one out there. See what happens. He might be a nice... Uh, keeper for you out there so all right next we've got uh, the tennessee titans and Traylon burks here wide receiver for them and again they made that trade during the draft uh which was kind of crazy that blew, blew everybody away during the draft here but they go and now fill in another wide receiver spot to where they had had that vacancy and Traylon burks joe now tied together here with uh Ryan Tannehill, what do you think about him and his his chances? Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of saw what was happening, right? You know, A.J. Brown AJ all of Brown. a sudden gets traded Boom. to the Eagles. Yeah. And everyone's like, wait, they, who they trade? They traded A.J.? Mm -hmm. Wow. Now they have no receivers. So it's, mm -hmm. like, it's like no Julio Jones because he left for free agency, now a Tampa Bay Buck. And, and all of a sudden you trade away your best commodity on offense uh, besides Derrick Henry? Oh, my God. I mean, so – you knew that with the pick that they were going to have, it had to be receiver. Mm, yeah, right. And uh, they fell in love with Traylon Burks. You know, the thing with yeah. Traylon Burks, you know, coming out of college is like he's seen as a very similar body type and receiver as a Debo Samuel. So a guy that you he's he ran in college. He also played receiver in college. He played both. So that's what I feel like Tennessee was looking at. They're like, oh, he's got a sturdy body. He's physical. He's, you know, impressive. You know, he can run the ball. Maybe we can do some trick plays with him. So they, they go ahead and they fell in love with Traylon Burks. He's not the fastest guy, but he does run really great routes, has great hands. So um, I hope, listen, I hope, I wish the best for him, but you're going to a team now that just has you as a rookie. So, um, I really don't know. I, I think I'm going to sweep on Burks, but not because of his potential. 
but because of his surrounding, you know, cast around him. Like, so I, I do like Robert Woods. You know, he's a veteran receiver. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. also there that's going to help mm -hmm. him out. But Burks, I'm just not 100% sure how he's going to work out in the NFL because he may at times have trouble getting separation. And that's kind of one thing that, that I have a concern of. So for me, he's going to be a sweep for me. Don't hate me. I do like <laughs> Burks, but I just don't know with this Titans uh, – offense because they do run a lot that's the other thing too mm -hmm. is you know since they run a lot and stuff i don't know if he's going to get the opportunities to be as much of an impact player mm -hmm. there you go now we've got the green bay packers and uh christian watson here wide receiver to where again now aaron Rodgers came out and saying you know these wide receivers you know keep running the wrong routes making mistakes yep. and things that that they have to get their stuff together uh what does that mean for uh christian watson here not only just running the wrong routes, but also dropping the dropping. football. Yeah. Uh, so Christian yeah. Watson was, you know, the highly touted, big-time, 6'4", uh, you know, chiseled muscle, like, type of wide receiver that he is, like, and had speed to burn on top of it. So it's like that combination you don't normally find, and the Packers were thrilled to get him. However, get down on your knees and there is a problem. The, the problem is, is him coming out of college, he's not a very good route runner. And he does have inconsistent hands at times. So, uh, and this is what Aaron Rodgers is alluding to. The one guy that I would, I would almost kind of have uh, above Christian Watson. I know Watson's still a rookie, but for me, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to sweep on Watson because we don't know where he's going to be placed uh, on this sweep, roster. Sweep, sweep. I mean, you look at the the Packers right now, and they're talking. They're, they're absolutely mm -hmm. loving Alan Lazard right mm -hmm. now. They're thinking that he could be a number one receiver for them. Rodgers, it's one of his favorite targets. He's comfortable with them. And then you have another rookie by the name of Romeo Daubs, who is kind of lighting up training camp right now, is, is more impressive than Christian Watts, Watson or Watkins. Uh, so... That being said, I, I just think that, you know, maybe Dalves might be, be so impressive that he leapfrogs, you know, Watkins. And then, you know, who knows? Like, maybe he doesn't even get to play at all this year. You know what I mean? There's a possibility that that happens. Now, I think the Packers are going to push him to get him into the lineup, obviously, get him some reps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Next up, we've got for the New York Jets, they go out and uh, get Brees Hall there early in the draft, too, which was a nice steal for them, too, on top of this. So, you know, last year they had uh, Carter there in the backfield again, but, you know, it was good at times here, but not really impressive enough. Like, again, for to have Brees Hall there fall to where they, where they was, it was a great pickup for them. So now you got to think that it's got to be their guy here. Absolutely. I mean, you don't take the guy with your mm -hmm. with your high yeah. second round pick and he's not going to get any playing time. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Carter, I was against that pick from day mm -hmm. one when they made it. And uh, and you saw I mean, I understand he was a rookie and you but he just he didn't look like he had it. You know what I mean? Like usually when you see a running back and even in his rookie year, you could see some sense of of a burst or some sense of, of, of great fo uh, ball carrying vision and, and and all that, like all these different attributes that running backs have. Uh much like a, a Le'Veon Bell who has patience in his runs and stuff like that. And that's kind of what leads to these bigger uh, chunk plays. So Carter didn't have that. He didn't have that it, fa it factor. So Brees Hall, to me, has that it factor. He's a guy that can do everything extremely well. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can block for you. He can run routes. He can run and make people miss. He can also truck people. So uh, Brees Hall coming in, yes, he's going to need a little bit of development, just like any other rookie. However, for me, he's a keeper, and I think he's going to be the starter week one, hands down. Not even close. Boom. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So that's good, especially with uh, the, the 
thinning lines, I guess, of running backs in these for the, for the fantasy drafts these days. Mm -hmm. It's kind of harder because a lot of these teams are going that dual back yes. type of setup. So yep. for a team that needs to be uh, solely on one kind of running back, you really got to get them early or then start thinking about switching to what good wide receiver you might need here to, to draft early in that yeah, first round. Yeah, because when Second you look round. at it, there's there's a few mm -hmm. teams that still do that featured back mm -hmm. you know style, right. like Tennessee with, De with Derrick Henry, Derek a lot Henry. of the bigger names. Like Even if you go to Cleveland where mm -hmm. they have two really right. good running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know that Nick Chubb he is going to get the, the bulk, bulk of the load. Of mm -hmm. So maybe keep an eye on that too to see who's getting more more you know more involved in the offense or what have you. Because even though there's that you know you know running back by committee approach, there's still always one of the three or one of the two that are going to get the bulk of the of the touches. Mm -hmm. And talk about a team that likes to run the ball and and do it well. Uh, we got Kenneth Walker here, the third running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, where we just got to see Chris Carson walk away from the game, too. So they yep, were retired. definitely ready for a, a, a new running back here. So what do you think about his chances here, Joe? Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, is like I was – I'm going to be honest with you. Brees Hall I had as my number two back. I had Kenneth Walker the third as my number one back. And the reason for that is because it, it's opinion-based, and I just seem – I like guys that can – are a little bit more brolicker at running back, a little, guys that can kind of run right through you and keep going, like a Marshawn Lynch-esque type of back. So Kenneth Walker, I see that in him. And I see a guy, he can make you miss, he can run through you, he can do everything extremely well. Uh, recent reports right now is that he's going to be coming back from uh, hernia surgery. I think he just had a successful hernia surgery yesterday. Uh, and he'll be ready to go, you know what I mean, for the, for the season. And And... It's already sounds like at a Seattle camp that Kenneth Walker has the edge over Rashad Penny uh, for that lead back role. However, they're both going to play. You talked about, you know, running back mm -hmm. by committee. Mm -hmm. uh, well, this is going to be kind of like a two back system uh, where they're both going to get touches and everything. But I think that our, you know, Walker is going to get the majority. And that to me is my keeper for Seattle. There you go. Uh, I'm falling behind in the uh, chat. We've got, oh man, Mike Tackett in the house with Keep us Keep your tonight. mouth on the mic. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sorry. I just can't, I have to read buttons at the same time here. Mike Tackett's with us. He says, uh, going back to the Watson, uh, Christian Watson, he says, as a Packers fan, Watson scares me. He's not a good route runner and he's injury yeah. prone. Yep. And he, then he says, uh, Brees Hall shows me glimpses of uh, Marshall Falk. Uh, if only he had the same supporting cast though, too, as well. Right. Yeah, Marshall Falk. Right. I mean, yeah, he was on some great teams. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and that's and, and is and that's the thing for like a Jets fan, yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were projected to have a pretty mm -hmm. solid line for mm -hmm. once, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They yeah. you know, they drafted the Makai Becton, yeah. then yeah. he goes down, he's done for the year yet again. Mm -hmm. uh, that boy's got to get in the you know lose some weight there. He he's has carrying way too much, mm -hmm. uh, but they still have Elijah Vera Tucker, and they bring in Dwayne Brown Dwayne now. Brown, he's officially signed nice. with them, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of wondering what they're gonna do with Dwayne Brown, like. A, I would hope that they're not going to try to switch him to right tackle. He's going to come in at left, but now you still have a void at right, you know, with mm -hmm. the with the loss of Makai Becton. So with that loss, like there's other free agent, veteran free agents that are still out there that you can kind of plug and play uh, for your team, and maybe it won't be a lost cause yet for the Jets. So we'll wait and see if the Jets actually do that and kind of fill that hole there. Uh, but... I mean, you would, they would have to, right? Now that they know that Zach Wilson, they got, or Zach Wilson, they mm -hmm. got good news on him. He is coming back. He is going to be the quarterback. 
Now it's like now you should get in, get on the phone and start calling some of these veteran free agents uh, to to replace uh, what you lost there at right tackle. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on now to the uh, New York Giants, and they have uh, Wandale Robinson, which uh, that's probably one of the the positive kind of glimpses we've heard from camp up here mm-hmm. in New York here from the Giants camp. Besides that, it's looking pretty grim. And what we've seen even over the preseason so far, again, offense not working so good and to where everybody's questioning uh, Daniel Jones and what's going on there because now Tyra Taylor's put some more reps in with the first team. Uh, but again, what do you think of Wandale Robinson, Joe? Wandale Robinson, he was one of my sleepers coming into the draft. I do like the kid. Uh, but again, just like what Mike Tackett was alluding to is like, you know, supporting cast. Well, there's not a very great supporting cast there in the Giants right now. Nobody seems to be waking up. Daniel Jones is struggling. It looks Holidays like, it, well. it, honestly, it looks like Tyrod Taylor is likely to be the starter because at least he's not making as many mistakes as Daniel Jones and is still impressing. So uh, Wandell Robinson is going to be one of those, you know, you know, little little flickers of light that, that the Giants have, and they're going to be able to maybe utilize him. But again, uh, if you're the only receiver that's going to make any kind of you know noise, that it's it's not going to go well for you in the long term of, of the season because now teams are going to be focused on you mm-hmm. and trying to stop mm-hmm. you, and that means everyone else has got to step up. So uh, right. for me, this is a sweep, but it's only uh, because sweep, sweep, sweep. the Giants are still rebuilding that receiving core. It doesn't seem like anybody's stepping up as of yet, but still there's some time that maybe they kind of flip the switch and wake up. We hope, right? You're a Giants fan. You better hope that happens. I hope, but then again, you're, you're looking at it. It's like, uh, yes, they want to win, you know, new regime in there. But again, next year's quarterbacks we're looking forward to maybe, you know. Uh, you're definitely, not maybe. Well, you're well, definitely that, well maybe we want to not, not – we're not going to tank, but I think our draft position we would like to keep fairly – I don't think you know, you're going to tank. High, so, you know, no, maybe, you're not maybe gonna we can tank. get some of those uh, good guys. But here we go. Next we've got uh, – the uh, Houston Texans and uh, John Mechie Jr., or John Mechie the third rather, uh, wide receiver here. So what do you think about that with the Houston Texans? John Mechie, I really like you know, his route running. He's got great hands, but he's a little slower on the slow side. So, uh, And not mentally. It's his speed. Uh, so the Houston Texans, they go ahead and they get a, kind of like a steal. Like he was picked in the, in the middle rounds. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do like him. I like what he can do. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to get enough opportunity his first year as a rookie. Uh, we do the, know that they also got, like, Nico Collins they really liked, and, and Brandon Cooks is still stuck in Houston, so yeah. he's going to be the other starter, uh, the go-to guy that they have. And so I just think that with not as much opportunity as I think he'll get, I think it's a sweep for me uh, because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that to be the one thing out of anybody for Houston who really does get drafted on the fantasy team. This guy just probably just be Brandon Cooks at this point, you would think, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, too, is it depends how deep your league is. Mm-hmm. So if, like, you go into yeah, right. where you have a bigger bench, then maybe you can pick up maybe a Nico Collins later on, and who knows? Maybe he kind of flourishes in that number two role. Right, right, yep. All right, so next up we've got the uh, New England Patriots and Taquan Thornton, wide receiver there for them. And, and, again, that's another team, too, that has been kind of – Next man up, wide receiver, you don't get it done. You know, they've, they've moved on from Nikhil Harry. He's gone, but now he's even banged up So uh, with, a different, yeah, with a different done. team. So uh, <laughs> they're looking for that guy, you know. And, and, and Jacoby Myers has been pretty good for him again. But it's not, you know, it's the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a different guy every week. You know, there's not a real big starter here. So, But what what's the real likelihood that this guy can sneak into somebody's lineup? Tyquan Thornton, he's a blazing fast receiver. 
but a guy with definitely he's definitely inconsistent with his hands. Mm-hmm. So Bill Belichick is not going to like it if he drops a football from time to time. Uh, but says nothing nothing against him. But I think he's entering a very crowded receiving core that's already kind of been established. They do two tight end two sets, tight ends, yeah. but it's going to be different because Josh McDaniels is no longer the offensive coordinator, and most of their offensive staff is gone. Uh, so right now, the Patriots don't even know who their OC is going to be. Uh, it could be Matt Patricia, who's been making all, the calls, making all the calls uh, yeah. in, in preseason, mm-hmm. but they still don't know. There's no official word as of yet. So. Uh, and Tyquan Thornton coming into a very crowded type of you got you bring up Jacoby Myers Nelson Aguilar is not being traded they've already said that so he's going to stay there Kendrick Bourne so they got mm-hmm. some receivers mm-hmm. that they're going to use and Tyquan Thornton is going to be utilized once in a while as like a changeup type of receiver but uh, not enough opportunities for me to see him uh, on the football field routinely uh, so sweep, it's a sweep. sweep there you go all right getting towards the bottom end of this one. Uh, so we've got uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we've got uh, uh, George Pickens here, wide receiver for them. And again, uh, that's uh, a wide receiving core where you, you try and look at like, what do they really have? They're they trying get, to find more. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, well, you got the, they just gave uh, Deontay Johnson there you know, his deal. deal. Um, and, and again, like with with uh, which we call it on the other side of him, Chase which Claypool. Chase Claypool, their bigger deep threat that they've uh, done on occasion. Uh, where is he going to fit in the, in the side of this? With with a Mitch Trubisky too at, at quarterback again. A lot right. of people not really confident in Mitch. Uh, he still looked good so far in yeah. camp that we're hearing. Uh, we're, we're kind of big fans of him too, you know, because we think that he has a good opportunity to do some things here with this uh, franchise that's really has not been bad. You know, what I mean, and the last time that they finished last in the division was 1988. So I mean, this is how good this franchise has been. Right. Uh, so I mean, what 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 kind of guy? Well, what kind of a Season because so this guy had George Pickens, you know, from Georgia. Some people he was getting slighted a little bit in the dra- you know, for the upcoming draft, and they're like, Oh, he's a character concern, he's a problem, you know. I mean, but he the talent is is off the charts. He he has size, he has speed, he has hands, and you're kind of seeing flashes of that already in, in Steeler camp. You know, he, he's caught multiple touchdowns in, in a couple preseason games. Team is really liking what they see from him so far, and he could end up playing himself right into a starting role because when you think about the, the receiving core right now, who's in front of him? Is it's like everybody, every man for themselves for that third spot because Deontay Johnson, you know, is, is a lock to start since especially they gave him a new deal. Chase Claypool has been a starter; he's not going nowhere. So they need somebody to step up in that third role now, whether that be in the slot or outside. We, we'll, we'll wait and see how that happens because we know that typically Deontay Johnson has been in the slot quite often. So, uh, But I, th- I think the world of George Pickens, I think he's doing a great job in camp. He's impressing the coaches, and they like what they see so far. So for me, I think I'm going to end up taking him, and I'm going to keep him. Uh, George Pickens, I really like his upside, and I think as long as he keeps you know trending upwards uh, with, with the coaches and the, and the offense and learning the, the, the scheme that – I think that you know, you know the the sky's the limit for him. So he could be a real dramatically in type of player. But again, I'm going to reiterate and say, just because they're rookies and you might fall in love with them, that doesn't mean you push them up the fantasy draft board and take them too early. Take these guys a little bit later, mid to late rounds, and that way you can kind of put them in your lineup if they work out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just again, this uh, the whole list. And when we go through this thing again, too, it's just kind of if you guys haven't done a lot of your uh, fantasy homework and stuff like that, and you're looking down your your cheat sheet and stuff like that, and some of these guys are falling down further and they're around. 
maybe you want to take a crack at some of these guys later on. So, all right, now we've got the last couple few here. Uh, uh, where are we at? Uh, Alec Pierce here, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, now Matt Ryan at the helm uh, for Indianapolis. I think Colts fans are rejoicing right now because he even looks pretty good. Uh, but he's he's really getting along with these wide receivers too, Joe. Really having a grand old time there. I mean, when you have a good quarterback like mm -hmm. Matt Ryan, uh, it doesn't take much to get you know get the chemistry going. I mean, let, let's face it. Like I know Matt Ryan is is taking a lot of criticism uh, when he was in Atlanta and stuff like that. You know, yeah, okay. Some people blame him for losing the Super Bowl. Some people blame him for losing some games and that thing, throwing too many picks or what have you. Mm -hmm. But the guy's done a lot of really good stuff too on the football field mm -hmm. that people kind of overlook. Uh, so Matt Ryan, this is a, this is like a godsend. Uh, for Matt Ryan to be traded to the Colts, which has a premier up his value in fantasy too. premier offensive line. Uh, he also gets to throw to Michael Pittman Jr., who's, mm -hmm. who is on the rise. And Alec Pierce was one of my sleepers. I actually had him kind of quite high. He was in my top 10 uh, coming out of the draft. This dude is a difference maker. Not only does he have size and he's tall, but he has speed. He has hands. He has it all. So... This is a guy who I think is going to come in. He's going to really push for not only playing time, but he could also insert himself into that number two role uh, opposite Michael Pittman Jr. So for me, Alec Pierce is a guy that I absolutely love, and he's a keeper for me. Um, I know some people might not be familiar with him, but go ahead and look at that Cincinnati football team that Desmond Ritter was a quarterback of. Alec Pierce was one of his favorite targets. Mm, there you go. Now next we've got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who, again, we just saw McCole Hardman get charted off the uh, field now. So they're they're running out of wide receivers, I think, <laughs> at this point for Patrick Mahomes to where, who knows, maybe you start that that conversation, you know, if the money's right, if he takes the deal, like people, they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. to the to the. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, too. How about yep. that? The you only know, problem is that together. the Chiefs do not have a lot of money, so it won't so it'd work. Have to be, <laughs> yeah, they'd have to do something. But. That's the thing. It won't work. Yep. Uh, they Listen, they've already shelled that money at that position and to bring guys in and to, and to, and, and to you know, and drafted like a guy mm -hmm. like Sky, Sky Moore. Moore. Mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity for Sky Moore to step up, maybe. But we still got to hear the finer details of, of why he was carted off. I know that he had injured his left leg in a, a jump ball it was a jump ball for a touchdown when he came down he came down awkwardly and then he was limping off the field so then went to the cart basically so uh usually that doesn't mean any good news is going to come of it but he did limp there is that mm -hmm. so maybe maybe it's not as serious maybe it just needs some time to rest we'll wait to hear tomorrow's when we're going to probably get the final word on it the official word uh but sky Moore, that gives him an opportunity to step up in the depth chart maybe he could kind of push himself to be a starter and, and replace Michael hardman so uh but because of the uncertainty of it because we don't know if if Michael's done yet uh to me sky Moore is a sweep for me Sweep, sweep, sweep. All right, here we go. The last two, we got Trey McBride, the only tight end we have on this list here, Joe, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, which, again, they've they've had a few wide receivers go away from this team here mm -hmm. and some other weapons that they had moved on with other teams. But, again, uh, and a tight end, which they even have Zach Ertz on still, too, and he's right. been able to perform for this team to where he's kept his career going. Uh, so where do we see Trey McBride in this whole thing? And that's the other thing, too, is I Trey McBride, for me, was the number one tight end coming out. And a guy that has extreme athleticism and speed. Uh, he's not the tallest tight end, but man, can he make play on the football? He can high point the ball. He's got ups. He, he's got the, He's got that. He can block. He's got a lot of attributes that you like in tight ends. Uh, coming out of Colorado State, I love the kid. However, 
I really don't know what his role is going to be with the Cardinals. You know, I would say like if Zach Ertz was gone and he and he didn't return to Arizona, then obviously he would be starting. But I, but with these receivers that they have and they'd run this kind of like a spread offense, shotgun offense, and I don't see them u- using the tight end a mm-hmm. heck of a lot. Uh, so Trey McBride is definitely going to be under Zach Ertz. So because of that, he's a sweep for me. And it's not because of his potential or, or what he could become, but it's because of the uncertainty of what his role is actually going to be on that offense. It might be very minuscule all throughout the season to where like it's kind of getting his feet wet type of thing, comes in on uh, in the red zone type of thing and catches a couple touchdowns. Uh, but I just don't think he'll have the ample opportunity. All right, and finally here, the round out the list, we've got for the Buffalo Bills, uh, running back James Cook here, Joe. James Cook, a guy that a lot of people liked, and, you know, people are going to say, oh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he's related to him, believe it or not. Yes, they bo- mm-hmm. both share, like, very, very uh, eerily uh, the same measurements, you know, in terms of size. They both are fast and uh, physical type of running back. So James Cook, now with the Buffalo Bills, this I, this team I see as a running back by committee approach. Uh, they got a lot of backs there. Mm-hmm. They, got, they like to utilize all of them. They all bring something different to the table. So James Cook, I'm not sure how often he's going to be utilized, especially as a rookie coming in. Uh, but he has impressed some of the Buffalo staff. And But I just don't like run, running back by a committee approaches. So... To me, he's a very late, very late draft pick if you're going to take him. But for me, he's a sweep because of opportunity on the football field. All right, there you go. Uh, Fantasy rookies. So, again, if you're looking around at your list at the end, you see some of you guys popping up, maybe they're uh, an opportunity to uh, take a look at these guys. So, there you go. That's our fantasy rookies keep or sweep all right you know we love the keeper sweep segment with joe we haven't done that one in a while and i know it's, it's been nice a while. to get back to it uh but absolutely i hope you guys are enjoying the show out there thanks so much for joining us if you haven't again yet join our group facebook uh group football on the no show uh give us a like on our page football on the no w slash jim and joe go to youtube and also hit the notification bell let it, you know whenever we go live on youtube and hit the subscribe button Drop a comment, too. What do you think about the show? Whether you like it, you don't, whatever, you know, different things, topics you want us to talk about, too, let us know there. And also, uh, look for us on Spotify, too, as well, and, and all, anywhere you can uh, get your audio versions of, of the show. So, all right. Uh, I want to tell you guys also about our, our sponsor that returned. We have Paul Perry Kitchens that's back with us, uh, but also Colorize, Joe. Colorize the paint professionals. And they have three locations currently still in Clifton Park, Niskayuna, and Queensbury. I kept it a secret, but I'm going to let everybody know now <laughs> that the new store is popping up soon around here in the capital region. It's going to be in near Hudson Valley in Troy, in East Greenbush, Troy area. That's right. So you guys are getting a colorized near us right now, too. So I don't have to go up to Niskayuna, Clifton Park, or Queensbury. Queensbury is pretty up there. So I love to go into those shows, but now I'll be able to have one right here, Joe, eight minutes away from my house. Colorize the paint professionals. They are a Benjamin Moore dealer, but you know what? They don't just specialize in that. As an independent dealer, they also have access to almost everything paint and finish related. Serving everyone from the paint professional to the do-it-yourselfer, Colorize is eager to help, and they will make it everything capable and easy for your next project and make it go a lot smoother. Colorize the right paint, color, and advice from local professionals who care. MyColorize.com or check out any of those locations. 
All right, Joe, it's that time of year. Uh, we're starting our, our pick segment a little early here, you know, but we like to get into it, you know, the next couple of weeks, spread it out a little bit. But this year, you know, as we're growing our Godzilla Media family here as we go, we're going to include some of their takes on this one too That's as right. well. So not only are we going to give you our predictions for the NFC and AFC North, but we're going to give you what some of our guys here who have shows here for Godzilla Media, what they pick. So here we go, Joe. Let's look at the AFC's first pick here. Let's look at these guys. Let's see who, what they have here. So we have Sean Martin, Brian Cady, and Tom Gozlowski, Goz himself of Godzilla Media. So this is what the picks they have for the AFC the North. Uh, so it looks like that Sean Martin and Brian Cady on the same page that they've got yeah. the Baltimore Ravens at top, uh, the Bengals, then they see the Steelers moving up, and and now that the Cleveland Browns there finishing last. Now, uh, Gaza's just got those last two swap, but they really like the Baltimore Ravens to take the division. They do, all and three of even them. though the the Bengals went there to the Super Bowl last season, and the fact that you think that maybe they're just not sure about what's going on with the Deshaun Watson situation here that oh, yeah. really is affecting For how sure. they're looking at the Cleveland Browns here and you know looking at the, the Steelers here as an organization with Mitch Trubisky there that maybe there's like and that defense is really good too as well that maybe they're just gonna be a little more confident in them yeah and that's the thing too is is because all of us we were so unsure of what is actually going to take place because we once thought that Watson, you know, he he was deemed innocent, you know, wasn't found guilty in court. Then he goes to civil courts, settles all thirty, mm -hmm. you know, you know, thirty suits against him, and then he gets he gets served a six game suspension. So, going into the season, you're like, okay, well, he's out for six games. When he comes back, he's going to really help this team for the rest of the year. Maybe catapult them into a divisional win, you know what I mean, or at least come make the playoffs, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden the NFL steps in again and says, oh, no, this isn't good enough. We appeal this decision, and we want him out for the year. That's what we want. Really? The guy, is he's he hasn't played in over a year and a half already. And then he's he's did everything the right way, went through the court, you know, went through and did the mm -hmm. civil courts, mm -hmm. and, and all done. So think it's, the chapter is going to be closed and it's going to be officially ended and the NFL keeps it going. Now they want to go for him for another year, another season missed. I cannot believe this. This is absolutely ridiculous uh, for the NFL when they've let guys that have done, you know, things that they had, they had evidence against him and they did heinous things, domestic abuse, you know, uh, you know, accusations and 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 people that were physically getting beaten caught on video and these guys only got eight games two games four games suspensions you want this guy to not only has he done the right thing has gone through all the court processes that he needed to go through trying to clear his name and has done everything that's asked of him and now he's given a six game suspension and you say oh that's not good enough we, we need him gone for at least a year that's crazy i can't you're I can't ugly, get behind you're that. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. So because of that, that's why a lot of people are confused on where Browns kind of sit in this yeah. division. Yeah, but again, even if you look at Gaza's pick, he's still got them above the 
Steelers. He's so, giving them the benefit so of the doubt. So he's giving them the benefit of the doubt that he trusted even uh, Jacoby Brissett here. But, Joe, what do you think about this division? Who you, who you, What's your lineup here in this one? So for this division, I kind of I disagree with Baltimore being on top. Um, I, listen, what the Bengals were able to accomplish last year with a lackluster offensive line is unprecedented. They didn't belong. Like they okay, they made the playoffs, and everyone's like, "All right, well, they made it. Whatever, right? They're not going to go any farther than you know, maybe round one, maybe round." No, they. <laughs> are you kidding me? This team made it all the way to the big dance, and that's impressive for what they were able to do. And they were missing some players. I, I mean, especially that offensive line was terrible, mm-hmm, absolutely mm-hmm, terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were competitive the whole time. So. Now, what did they do? They addressed the weakness. Their biggest weakness was offensive line last year. They went out and they traded for an offensive lineman. They signed two other big-name, big-time veteran free agents uh, that are going to come in right away, plug-and-play players, along with their draft picks, and they, that's a lockdown O-line now. I mean, good. <laughs> you're not going to get to Joe Burrow very often now, uh, and that's dangerous because with that receiving core, with that newly revamped offensive line, and Joe Mixon in the backfield, wow, they're going to put up a lot of points. And then their defense was good last year. And they got even better this year. So I love where the where the Bengals are really headed. So for me, Bengals number one. Baltimore's got a lot to prove to me, and it's not Baltimore as the whole team. They, we got, they got a really good defense. They're another team that has, has kind of like revamped their offensive line and, and has proved, improved that. But the receiving core is... Very unproven. Devin DuVernay and Rashad Bateman are the guys that are going to be starters, and Rashad Bateman was out last year. So technically, mm-hmm, he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. And Devin DuVernay haven't, hasn't even really been given too many opportunities to, to show what he could do. So, And Lamar Jackson, if you remember, down the stretch last season, was struggling big time and throwing a ton of picks. Uh, so until he kind of corrects that and gets back you know, where he was, as a quarterback, that to me is a little concerning. So that's why I have Baltimore second. And then uh, real quick, uh, reason why I got the Steelers above the Browns, again, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And because of that, I think that's going to severely hurt them not having a franchise quarterback leading that team. And the Steelers, I love Mitch. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I like Mitch Trubisky. I think he has a lot to offer this offense. And for the first time in Mike Tomlin's head coaching career, for the Steelers, he's going to have a mobile quarterback. They, they can do a lot of things and manipulate uh, defenses a little bit. So I like the upside there, and that Steelers defense is crazy good. There you go. And then here's my picks, too. Along with that, I'm going to agree with Joe on the same thing, too. Again, Bengals, uh, I think, were, uh, got there a little prematurely last year. But, again, if they're trending – upwards that that quickly i think uh with the additions again that they've made especially mm. the offensive line trying to keep joe burrow up and not getting sacked 50 times in a season uh that would only help their situation in there and keep him healthy as far as the baltimore ravens you're about trying to keep lamar jackson healthy and he is willing to play even though he's been talking about getting a new contract set up here too uh and he's dangerous. That's dangerous with him, with the moves that he's able to do and get out there and make some big plays. He also lays his body on the line, so that's big. Mm-hmm. And with uh, as far as the weapons, again, you know, he wasn't even able to really get it to Hollywood Brown that much uh, as well, too. So when he was there, so where his biggest target, it's Mark Andrews, who's still there too. So I mean, 
I think there's going to be a whole lot of difference. You're going to be running first, just like they are, uh, and still pretty decent. But what we saw last year, too, they were skittish. They had just some teams right. that they should have probably blown out or beat. They lost to or just what stay in the game, like the Detroit Lions. Uh, uh, and then other teams uh, that, that, you know, really that they, they try to, to compete with that were playoff teams. They really didn't really step up either as much either. So they're really tough to gauge there. And these other game, these other teams that are in the division are just getting better by the moment. Unfortunately for the Cleveland Browns, the NFL's against them right now. You know what I mean? With what yeah. they got going on. But <laughs> again, two headed monsters there running back. They've got some weapons here at wide receiver, even bringing in Amari Cooper too. So that's always good for whatever quarterback you might mm -hmm. have back there. And that defense is good too. I like the defense yeah. too that they have. So yeah. you don't don't forget Very about young. that. Uh, and I think I'm on the boat here with the Steelers, too. This was a tough pick for me. But, again, I like the organization. Uh, they're pretty smart. They're pretty consistent. And I don't see them, especially if you're not having a Deshaun Watson for the Cleveland Browns, I don't see the Steelers really faltering so much then, too. This gives them a better opportunity to finish third in here. And like I said earlier on, they haven't finished fourth in this division since right. 1988. You know, so it's, it's funny, been a long time. funny thing that, like, you brought up Mark Andrews. But here's the thing. He's, he's the most... He's the number one receiver on that team right. now. And he's a tight end. Right. That's not good. That's almost, <laughs> if you're looking at the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, you could say that about Travis Kelsey at this point, too. Well, that's different. They got they got a way better well, they got, receiving core. They got better core. receiving core, but <laughs> they I'm got just actual saying. receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you put him next to Juju, though, I mean, what do you, who do you think he's throwing to? You know? Whoever's open? Whoever's open, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I backhanded too, I'm whatever he's doing you. too, right? Yeah. You know, the way Patrick Mahomes is, or maybe he's just taking off running, who knows? Uh, but all right, so now that's our uh, AFC North. We're going to move on to the NFC North, and let's take a look at the uh, the expert picks here of Godzilla Media. And we've got Sean Martin going with the Green Bay Packers, then the, the whoa, the uh, the Lions here. He's, he's got them finishing second in this one i think he might be drinking mm. on this one he's drinking that uh um that lion stuff that he's seeing on maybe on hard knocks possibly you know maybe he's, he's watching hard knocks and he's like wow i'm really feeling the fire in this one dan campbell i think he's got dan, dan campbell fever in, maybe he's got, uh, dan campbell so he's got that finishing second now this would be mind-blowing right here um uh, uh, here we go we've got uh slow to roll in the house with us all right on uh on YouTube. What's going on? Yeah. Slow to roll, baby. David Queensberry has two brothers. They are Scott Queensberry and Paul Queensberry. Both brothers plays uh, football in the NFL. All That's right. right. Boom. Shakalaka. True statement. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so then he's got the Minnesota Vikings faltering right there to third, Joe. Uh, that's crazy, and then uh, and then the the, the Bears, you know, a lot of uh, people because I mean they didn't have much, uh, I think, as far yeah. as weapons and stuff before and stuff, but uh, true. Firing the GM, firing the coach, starting over. Um, again, you don't have, you know, Allen Robinson there anymore, stuff like that. Your biggest guy here is what, Darnell Mooney, maybe? Um, yeah, that's their number yeah, one guy right now. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, a whole, not a lot of stuff there. Even their defensive guys, they've moved on from no longer Khalil Mack and some other guys, too. And Roquan so, Smith wants out. Mm -hmm. He wants yeah, to be he traded. Yeah, he sees the writing on the wall. He's like, man, we're going to suck for a little bit. I want to go somewhere else, you know? So, they're in the bottom, but... Uh, 
then if you look at Brian Cady's again quick, he's got the Minnesota Vikings now overtaking Winning. the Green Bay Packers yeah. now. Do you, does he see some of this in the whole Aaron Rodgers not trusting uh, the the uh, wide receivers there, not having that that nice Devontae Adams there? And then Gaz has got it the way it's kind of been in this division, except for the swap of I think the Bears have been on top, but now because of the resetting the clock here and, and starting over there down at the bottom of the division. But he's feeling the, 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 the lines there at third. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that this division, uh, there's really two teams that are going to be pushing for the division. It's, it's been Packers that way. and Minnesotans mm-hmm. It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Listen, I really do love the Lions. Like like Martin, like I really do love where they're headed, where they're, where they're going. They're, it seems like they're making the right additions to this team. And... But it takes time to rebuild a team. So this is like their second year in the rebuild with David Dan Campbell. And... I like where they're headed. I just don't think they're quite there yet, especially on the defensive side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the thing. I mean, it's it, that's that team's kind of gone through a bunch of different transitions. And, uh, you know, I think that the, the, the timer is starting to run out possibly on them. All right. Now, Joe, what do you got here now for the NFC? Let's go take a look at your picks here. Well, it's pretty similar, uh, but it's just same as you know, Green Bay, I have number one, because here's the thing is, is you talk about consistency, mm-hmm. offensive coaching staff hasn't changed. You know, they got, they got, you know, Rogers, they, they managed to sign that big time contract, keep him there. But here's the thing is Alan Lazard, still a veteran receiver, still there. He's going to be the number one guy for them. So they, it, nothing is going to be crazy, you know, changes along the way, like, they really like Romeo Dabbs' potential. Christian, you know, Watkins, he's still got things to work on. But they have other veteran receivers that are still on that roster that Rodgers will trust. And, and and I think they'll get on the same page by week one. This is a very well-run organization. Their defense is pretty good, you know, especially with everyone being healthy again. Jair Alexander, mm-hmm. he was done for mm-hmm. the last season. He's coming back at corner. So they got a lot to work with. And they're, they got these young pass rushers that are tenacious. So uh, I think they're going to be a-okay. You know what I mean? They got the running backs. They got the the complete team. That's why I got them at the number one spot. Vikings, still not sure. Like, how consistent can Kirk Cousins be? You know, we've we've seen him be inconsistent. It's troubling a little bit. And their defense has kind of faltered a little bit, especially last year. They're not that strong Viking defense that we normally see. So because of that, that's why I got them kind of slipping and staying in the second spot. Lions, I got them rising up above the Bears for a couple of reasons. One, like I said before, I like the additions they've made. They got a very young team, a hungry team, and they play extremely hard for Campbell, no matter what. We saw, surprisingly, I was shocked how well they played mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were going to be dead last and be the laughing stock, but they really proved me wrong. Chicago, on the other hand, they've just lost way too much in terms of personnel. Allen Robinson is gone. He's a Ram now. James Daniels, who's seen as one of the best guards in football, he left. That's a huge loss, especially on an offensive line that you needed help in. And you have, you just don't have impactful receiving core. There's nothing there for the young quarterback to work with. Uh, I just, I think this is going to be one of those struggling type of years for Chicago, and that's why I got him last. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's the thing. And it stinks for somebody like uh, Justin Fields to have to go through that uh, early. But again, I, I love him, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, I think he could become really something special for them. But now that you don't really have a rock-solid O-line, mm-hmm. wh- who is he going to throw to at this point? You, you know, 
Darnell Mooney can't do everything. Mm -hmm. He's going to get double teamed now. Mm -hmm. So, man, I just, it sucks. I hear you too as well. And and here, look at my picks. I think uh, we went exactly the same again. The last two was kind of tough again, but I was weighing it out. Uh, Again, I feel bad for the uh, Justin Fields too, just because there's not a whole lot there for them, like you said. And and we're we're on the, uh, the, they're turning around. They're trying to restart, get going. Meanwhile, the, 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 the Lions did that last year. Mm-hmm. So that's why they, they hit their reboost last year. Um, they still have Jared Goff there, too. Again, they drafted wide receiver. Um, and they have other familiar weapons there, too, as well. So, and, and again, like you said, they're really behind this head coach. They play yep. hard. Uh, like I said, they were in a tight game with the Baltimore Ravens last year. So you saw them. They never, even at the end of the season, uh, they had a chance to try and play, play spoiler for yeah. some of these other teams, oh, yeah, too. Definitely. They won some good games. Definitely. And he got everybody fired up to where he's crying in, in, in the uh, locker room and so stuff. So he's, everybody's it, behind him. He's one of these. He's one of the mm-hmm. most genuine mm-hmm. coaches that really does care and love his players, like everybody. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. And that's he, how you get people to buy in. I mean, you, you look. You think of a coach that was sim. I mean, not really similar. He's very small. Dick Vermeil, mm-hmm. right? And he cried a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he showed. He showed his emotion right out. Right out in the open. Mm-hmm. So he really cared for his players. Dan Campbell is like that hard nosed type of uh, former player, now coach. But he still mm-hmm. loves his team so mm-hmm. much. He had a speech this week uh, in, in his camp, and he was like, kind of just saying, like, basically, he was like, I love all you guys. Listen, if you worked hard for me, uh, you know, you're, we're going to get farther as a football team. And, and this is not verbatim, by the way, but I'm just kind of, you know, generalizing. And then he, he went on to say, like, listen, if I catch you guys on the sideline looking up at the sky, playing with your shoestrings, you know, not paying attention to the, your your teammates and the plays and what we're trying to do here. I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to lose my shit on you. And, and he's like, then he just took a big sigh of relief and he goes, okay, we're good. Okay. It's it's almost like he channeled his really, inner. Like, now we good? You understand that now? Now I've got that off my chest. There but, you go. You know, he, he he's, you know, and this is what players respond to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A guy that's kind of really, he's really there for them. You know what I mean? It's not. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, and now if you look at the rest of my list, too, you've got the uh, the Green Bay Packers at top again. Uh, Minnesota, again, the, the defense starting to take a tick down here. They still have some good weapons there for Kirk Cousins, but they are what they are. You know what I mean? You've seen this song and dance over and over again. they got to outscore Green everybody. Bay Packers, they've lost a little bit here. Uh, you know, at least you know, by not having Devontae Adams here, but again, you still have great running backs too. And you watch out for those guys too. Don't forget about AJ Dillon there too. On on top of that side, the with the big huge rock thighs and everything. So or the quads, quadzilla. Wow. So watch out for that. So, but the, those guys until they show signs of really faltering, they've got to be at top for me. You know what I mean? They, they've been there, been to the playoffs every single time. It's just last year, too, it kind of seemed like the only thing that troubles me with them is Aaron Rodgers, especially of lately, just seems like he's more nonchalant about the game. He has been one of the best in the game altogether, but in that playoff game, it kind of seemed like they, when that offense couldn't get going and score, he was kind of like, well, yeah, we're still in it. We, 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 I'm still confident we can roll this. And then all of a sudden, the game turned on him just like that, and they were out of it, and he was almost shell-shocked. Uh, and now hearing about his, his his drug policies that he's been up to and everything and stuff. So uh, that might even lead to some of that, that where he's got other options going on here or different interests uh, in his life. So, but as far as, again, as I know, Green Bay Packers, until they show other signs here, get knocked off, I got, I got to go with them for the division. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. You're Ooh. right. That's how I feel. There you go. What he so. said. So there you go. So that's our uh, I don't know what NFC else to say. And NFC like, North picks right there. Godzilla Media. Uh, they they joined us here as well again. Listen, uh, all go I got to say is if you made it this far in the show, we really, really love you. Ooh, that's yeah, all I know. definitely do. Because uh, this is, you know, we do long shows sometimes. Yeah, we do. And uh, we like to talk to you guys we out there. We kept it so, under two hours, though, still. Listen, if you know anybody, just mm-hmm, saying, mm-hmm. you know, if you happen to have a friend or a oh, family member or anybody that's interested in football talk and they want to be interactive, well, this is the best damn interactive football talk show you can have. Ooh. Drop a comments below. Ask questions. Give us your opinion. We're here for you guys. So, I mean, that's what it's really all about is to share information, share, share opinions, have some debates here. Uh, but listen, love to talk football with you guys. Make sure you invite them. Go over to YouTube. That's right. Get over to YouTube. And do me a favor. Search us up, Football on the No Show. Hit that subscribe button. Hashtag Help us grow this football community that we got going here. Hit that notification bell to let you guys know when we go live. And also follow us on Facebook and become a know-it-all. That's right. And it doesn't just stop there. We can also, we are everywhere. We're even anywhere you can get your podcasts. And we're also on Spotify video as well. So make sure you give us a follow. Follow along, and if you want to be more interactive, head over to Facebook or YouTube and become a know-it-all. Join us next week. Absolutely. Jeremy Clute says he's still out there with us, too. Thank still you. here. He's seen it to the end. Thank you so Thank much, you, everybody. Sir. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you guys next week. Join us next week from 8 till 10 Wednesday night for more Football on the Know with Jim and Joe.